0: Hello.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Oh, not too bad. I just got home from work. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Can you hear any echo or anything? I do have my desk mic on. Mic on, mic on,
1: mic on. No, that was me. Actually, there's no echo. Um, Just playing around. So, do you mind if we start by, I can sort of read the thing off that you had sent me through the PM system? Yep. Okay. Because I have been accused, shockingly enough, of not providing enough context for some of these listener conversations. As if the random grab bag of questions wasn't enough. It's shocking, I know. But uh, here's where we have some nice nice, um, uh, some nice structure. So uh, you say, uh, some things I'd like to get to the bottom of. Why my parents choose to insult me, and more importantly, how it makes me feel. Well, quite right. Why I broke down crying and basically gave in near the end of the conversation. How I can improve my relationship with my parents or find out if the relationship is even really worth it. How to approach my parents so the conversations are more productive. Why I feel angry and depressed after I talk to my parents about anything real. Um, I, you say, I want to talk to my parents about many things, but sometimes I just don't know what to ask or how to approach the problem. Also, I'm asking myself, are the battles I'm fighting really worth the pain I'm putting myself through? Uh, So you're going to go to therapy, which is great. I mean, good good for you. I think that uh, that, that's fantastic. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the conversations that you have been having with your parents? And sorry, by your parents, do you mean your stepdad and your mom or your bio dad or what?
0: Whenever I really refer to my parents, I, I really am usually referring to my mom and my stepdad Uh, My dad was around, but he was usually, um, because my parents got divorced when I was around six. So I saw my dad kind of on the weekends pretty much ever since. Um, But I will say I talk to my real dad much more than I talk to my parents these days. So a lot of the conversations that I've been having really haven't been much in the last uh, two years, to be honest. Uh, Not that often. Uh, We've sort of grown apart in certain ways.
1: I think your brother mentioned that your parents broke up mostly because you were a really bad kid around the age of six or five or six. Is that right? Um, Just just kidding. Go on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All you. uh, It's all you. uh, No. um, uh, I I guess the the things is is that, um, you know, it was... uh, But uh, on Sunday was when this uh, conversation happened. um, And I sort of just kind of decided to take a few swings at a few things. Um, and uh, didn't turn out as well as I uh, hoped for. I'm sorry I, to interrupt, but when did you decide that you were going
1: to take these swings?
0: Um, uh, when we started talking about, uh, I, I mean, like I was saying in my in my first uh, uh, board uh, post, was that I you know I sort of started out with more external things, you know, taxes, government things like that, um, and then I, I kind of started to dig a little bit deeper in, and uh, that's when uh, the insults started to happen, um, so.
1: And sorry, but but had you thought beforehand about uh, this conversation, or was it sort of a spontaneous go for it?
0: It was pretty spontaneous. Uh, it may not have been the best timing, but uh, I, I guess something told me to go for it.
1: But you had been mulling over this kind of conversation. Is it, Sorry, is the volume okay uh, for, for my audience? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay. You'd been mulling about this conversation, uh, whether to have this conversation, I would imagine, since the last time you and I talked, which was probably, what, uh, six or eight weeks ago.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, actually, I would say even prior to that, um, pretty much ever since I've been listening to the podcasts on on defooing and things like that, because, uh, I mean, uh, um I think something a lot of people don't realize is that I, I think you're, you're not telling them absolutely to leave your family like a cult or something like that, but find out if your relationship with your family is a good one. Um, and if it's not, then maybe you shouldn't have it in your life. Right. Um, I mean, just, just for
1: clarification, uh, the, this is the brain virus that a lot of people misinterpret, right? I mean. People say to me, I have a good relationship with my family, right? And, and of course, that is a perfectly reasonable thing to have. I have a great relationship with my family, my family being my wife. So, uh, So when somebody says to me, I have a great relationship with my family, and then they say, but I'd never talk to them about anything real, and they bullied me, and this and that, right? Then all I'm saying is, look, you have a discordance between your theory and your practice, right? So your theory is, I have a great relationship with my family. The practice is that you don't talk about anything real and you tiptoe around and you you kind of obey and you kowtow or you get into big fights or whatever, right? So I'm just saying put your theory to the test, right? If you think you have a great relationship with someone, then surely, I mean, it doesn't take a philosopher to say that if you have a great relationship with someone, you should be able to talk to them honestly about what's on your mind and be respected and loved for who you are. I mean, that's not brain surgery. So I just say put that to the test. I'm not telling people to leave their families. I'm saying... If you think you have a great relationship with your family, then actually try to have a great relationship with your family. Don't don't leave it in limbo, right? Because that limbo is where people's lives get sucked into nothing.
0: Well, it seems like with most people with their family, and I kind of realized this about my parents, and even talking to them, they kind of even admitted this directly, is it's kind of like, let's just forget about all the bad things and just let's just have a good time. Let's go out to dinner. Let's, I don't know, talk about uh, something, you know, external and and uh, nothing let's not talk about anything real let's not talk about our feelings or anything like that let's just smile and have a drink or something and let's it not talk like... about
1: history and let's not talk right so it's like a family is is in this sense defined as having value through history but it's a history you can never talk about which is kind of weird right
0: uh, absolutely uh, i've been trying to get get my head wrapped around it um uh, many of these different issues um and it's I, so. I funny, guess,
1: sorry, let me just say one more thing before I plunge in, sure. just as a general sort of comment. Um, it's so funny to me that um, in this this exploitive and often destructive, though occasionally quite beautiful, but in this exploitive and often destructive cult of the family, which bestrides the world like a colossus and tyrannizes helpless children and billions of people the world over, this cult of the family, right? That mm-hmm. uh, that people look at this tyranny uh, over children throughout the entire world. And then they look at a little guy with a microphone in Canada, right? And they say, ha, you know, I found the real cult here. It's the guy in Canada who says, you know, if you love somebody, speak your mind to them. That's the cult, right? I mean, just as amazing to me that people can bypass the mountain and start stomping on the ant.
0: Absolutely. And actually, there is even a time when I was talking to them that my stepdad basically stopped me in my tracks. And he's basically like, who's your sources? Who are you getting all this stuff from?
1: Did he really? Um, Oh my uh, god, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, sorry. Well, I know it's Literally here.
0: what he said. Literally. Wow. Who's your mole? Give him up. It, absolutely. And I'm like, well, I have multiple sources, but we're talking about we're talking logically and about morality here. It's not like I'm just quoting statistics or something or something like that. You know right. what I mean?
1: Right. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, so sorry. Um the, the and uh, there, okay, one more thing which is just uh, to people often have these conversations spontaneously. And uh, as I mentioned to you and your brother in that uh, call-in show, it's usually good to prepare a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you raise the risk. What happens is, if you don't prepare, I mean, this is the ultimate exam as far as the family goes, right? Which is going in and speaking your mind and being very perceptive and clear about what's happening and not being tripped up by all of the standard manipulative tricks that a lot of family members and parents in particular have. But uh, So what happened, the danger of not being prepared is, you you come out with an unsatisfying conclusion but it's muddy for you right like like was i the cause of it were they the cause of it is it some combination so then you just have to go do it again but they're already alarmed and armed if that makes sense
0: yeah um and i think you can see that kind of reflected in our short uh uh board conversation is just like is was my approach wrong what 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 did i not ask the right things did i i mean was was my arguments just garbled and bad you know Right,
1: right. Whereas with more preparation, again, this is just for next time, right? Uh, but with sure. more preparation that uh, you can bypass some of that. You also might want to listen to I had a conversation last night with a guy, 862, uh, which has some similarities to what it is you're describing that may help if you want to listen to that. But anyway, nonetheless, I, I promise to be quiet now and <laughs> go on with your with your conversation with your parents.
0: Oh, um, uh, well, I'm trying to figure out where uh, where I should start exactly. Uh, you know, I think I think a, a big issue I have, and I don't know if a lot of people have this, is just like uh, it's it's kind of figuring out like, well, what questions can I ask them to really, you know, to kind of get things started um, that you know won't just you know uh, result in uh, me you know breaking down emotionally or um, you know at the at losing sleep for the rest of the night because I. I uh, can't believe some of the things my parents said. Uh, well,
1: uh, first of all, what's wrong with breaking down emotionally?
0: Uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, that's something that I actually am proud of myself for, and I've uh, been that way for a long time, especially with my stepdad, um, where I, I actually really feel sorry for my stepdad in one way, in the sense that he has no ability to, uh, to express sadness or express many, many other things, unless he's drunk.
1: Right, that's not good. Uh,
0: that's the only time I've seen him, him cry uh, is actually when he's drunk, uh, which is very sad. Um, but me, I always felt, I, I, even before I, I, I heard some of your podcasts on, on being you know a uh, um, macho man type thing, uh, even before then, uh, I felt that way where I'm just like, it's, it's really sad that uh, guys aren't allowed to cry. Uh, and that's, you know, it's self-destructive. I've always felt that way.
1: Yeah, to me, mas- masculinity is, uh, and I'm sure this is true of femininity too well, but I can only speak to masculinity. It's a very passionate stage. It's a very passionate identity. And that means anger, that means fear, that means sorrow, that means tears, that means grief. I'm a bit of a sort of Italian guy that way, you know, that, that to me, there's a very passionate uh, uh, sort of uh, aspect to masculinity. And it's hard for me to look at guys who are afraid of little emotions right afraid of things like fear or anger or vulnerability and say that that's manly that just seems to me like when I, when i see guys afraid of their own emotions i always get the image of a of a, of a girl jumping up like a 12 year old girl jumping up on a kitchen chair because she thought she saw a mouse it's like oh i felt vulnerable oh i felt this and like well that's just kind of cowardly to me but absolutely, absolutely. same page about that but go on
0: oh uh, no question uh, uh Definitely, uh, definitely afraid of those emotions. And uh, I, I, if if it helps at all, um, I mean, to kind of understand uh, where my stepdad comes from. I mean, he's he's had a very abusive childhood, um, and uh, but he hasn't been taught to deal with it in any kind of constructive way. And that's kind of my theory behind why he to he resorts to insults and uh, bullying as opposed to you know really trying to be curious about. My point of view.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just a little lost. You said that he hasn't been taught how to deal with these kinds of things.
0: Um, well, um, I guess I'm sort of basing that on his mom kind of being insane. Uh, so.
1: Well, but but help me. You know the whole universally preferable behavior thing, right? Sure. Yes. So I mean, if if his behavior is causal according mm-hmm. to his history, right, then so is yours.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, and I'm not going to make some determinist argument where it's like, oh, that's just his upbringing. He had no choice, you know, that kind of forgive him in that kind of lame way. Uh, well, you,
1: you, 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 you say that nobody has taught him, right? But uh, you were trying to teach him when you were talking to him in a way, right? Not, not necessarily. Yeah, and I have in the past, he, actually. Right. So what does he do with these lessons?
0: Um shoves them back down my throat basically uh, absolutely
1: so and and this I, I sort of i knew that right, so yeah i just i'm obvious. gonna be i'm gonna be as you know very annoying in terms of precision right and and by maybe all means other i uh, may be annoying in other ways too, but annoying in terms of precision. this is not a man who has simply never been taught. this is a man who tears up teachers and tears up instructors and tears up books and sets fire to schools to put an extreme slant on it but this is different from a guy who was never taught anything, right?
0: Um, I, I think you might need to, uh, I might, might need to re- expand on that a little bit. I'm not, uh, I guess maybe it's the extreme part of it or something like that, but I sort of understand.
1: Um, well, you said that when you try to teach him, he shoves those lessons down your throat. Yeah. Right, okay. So if I live in a remote village in India... And um, somebody says to me, you know, what is the capital of Guatemala? Then I can legitimately say, I don't know. Because I've never been taught, right? Sure. But when I say, I am an expert in geography, right? And then Mm -hmm. I keep spewing all this stuff, and somebody comes along with a book, uh, an atlas, and says... You know, uh, Atlantis is not the, ca- the capital of Guatemala the way that you say it is, right? Yeah. And I attack him, and I throw him in the river, and I tear up his book. That's different from the guy who just was never taught something,
0: right? Yes. Oh, uh, so your that, dad. Okay, that, ma- that makes more sense now. And, and the reason that I said
1: that the expert on geography is your dad claims to know what's what, right?
0: Yeah, or know what's right and wrong. Right, so he's an expert
1: on morality, and on truth, and on wisdom, and on what's what, right? Uh, or so he
0: claims, of course.
1: Well, sure, but then when you come along and you say, well, I have some questions, or I think I may have some proof that is the opposite of what you say, then he just attacks you, right? Yeah. So that's a whole lot different from what you said originally, which was, he just was never taught these things.
0: Um, I can see that now. Uh, uh, definitely, in the sense that, um, if I mean, if, if he were, if it, if it were the case that he just didn't know, then he would have said, "Well, I've never heard that before. What can you tell me more about that?" You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, if somebody plays me a piece of music I'd never heard before, I say, "Oh, who's that?" Right? Whatever. Right? I mean, this happened at the Free, Free Domain Weekend, right? And some guy was <laughs> playing music, and it was like, "Wow, that's a great song. Who's the band?" Right? Because I'm like forty, so the bands I like are all like dead or something right so so it's good to get new music so when you hear something that you don't know right or or if somebody comes storming on as they regularly do into the board or in my inbox or whatever and says you're totally wrong there's no objective morality i'm always like okay well here's here's my premises right here's a a very short 2000 word article laying out my moral approach so tell me where i've made a mistake i'm more than happy to be corrected because i sure as heck would not want to make a mistake on this stuff right
0: Yeah. And actually, I even brought that up with them where basically I was kind of I was kind of borrowing some of your words as well. But um, but it's sort of like um, what I was telling them is like, well, if I'm an error, I would like you to correct me because error is a prison. I want you to free me. Please give me the information you have that brings you to your conclusion. You know, and that's 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 what I told them.
1: Can I just uh, pause for a moment? I'm actually standing here, and I don't do this very often. I'm standing here, and I'm saluting your balls.
0: <laughs> uh, I, are they on a flag or something? Is that what's that, going on? That
1: is some serious <laughs> cojones, man. That is really brave, right? To put yourself out there, in a sense, and to be vulnerable and to say, please don't attack me, but correct me if I'm in error, that's brave. I mean, I was just saying to Christina just before this conversation that I'm just... Incredibly honoured to even be a tangential part of the courage that's going on, uh, as the result or as part of this conversation. So, full military salute to your testicles.
0: Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the courage or or have been had the. I'm not exactly sure if it's the knowledge, but I wouldn't have had the inclination to do it if I wouldn't have found FDR um, and been set on that path that says, well, that that's a good point. I should ask that question. That's something I should need to know. You know, that's that's important for my happiness.
1: Well, it's something you would have processed in your gut because you would have felt the injustice of the conversation. Like, I don't Oh, yeah, subconsciously, that. I would have known it. But it's that clarity of being able to drill the pipe down and connect the highest and most abstract concepts with our deepest and most passionate emotions. that I've, I'm sort of trying, trying to be that drill guy, right? to the, the, sure. the mind shaft between the sky and the center of the earth. So. But no, I mean, I just the, that's an amazing thing to say uh, to your parents. And what was their response?
0: Um, well, uh, that was basically the first response I got from my mom was, uh, the whole subjective thing where it's all like, well, I think the things in life that are, that are valuable are all subjective. You know, um, I, I can't really completely quote her, but I basically, um, there was another incident very similar where, um, I, I believe I was talking about, I mean, I was just talking about violence and I was saying that the initiation of violence is, is wrong. Um, uh, and basically, what my stepdad said is, "You are naive. Um, you've never experienced any of this violence, so uh, how can you say anything about this? You know It's so." E-. And then my mom followed up with that by saying, "Oh yeah, well you live here in a white suburbia or uh, white America. you know, you're so privileged. How can you even say any of this stuff?" Um, and essentially, what, I, what my response was was basically like well, I understand I'm young and I may not have all the knowledge that you may have accumulated in your life, but, um, you know, calling me naive does not invalidate my argument. You're just insulting me. And (laughs) I I said that literally. Well, sure, Um, and that's
1: perfectly true. That's perfectly true.
0: um, And his response to that was, you are naive. Uh, And that's, you know, putting the emphasis on the are, like, you know, of course, that brings more understanding to that three words. Yeah.
1: Right, right, of course. I mean, (laughs) so if you say, please don't insult me, but help correct me, what they feel is that if they redouble their insults, they're actually correcting you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I think, and that's the, that's the lesson they're trying to teach me, which of course is crap.
1: Right. Now, if I remember rightly, your mother has both a uh, fairly volatile temper and a pretty acerbic tongue, right?
0: Um, well, uh, I guess the best way I can put it is that she is very narcissistic in the sense that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid, to, I mean, during this entire time I was talking to my stepdad, most of the time, my mom got in a few words here and there, but my stepdad and me were the ones that are mostly going at it. But I mean, essentially, I mean, uh, talking to my mom about something she disagrees with is almost not an option uh, to her. Why is that? Know. Well, it's it's not that it's not an option. It's just that uh, essentially, uh, be be prepared for a lot of backlash and a lot of emotional manipulation and a lot of. I mean, essentially, her, her philosophy is the same as my stepdad. It's basically insult them and attack them, in order to win the, in order to win. And, I mean, and and even prior to this, I was trying to explain how discussions should turn into more of a win-win. Basically, saying, well, if you've got more information or you've got you know, uh, uh, if you got a good point, then let's share it and let's you know share each other's knowledge as opposed to a win-lose type transaction, which is essentially what the entire thing was. Except my mom was trying to tell me, "Oh, well, you're just trying to win the argument," and uh, you know well, that I'm was sorry, kind of the.
1: I'm sorry to be jumping around a little bit, and I'm certainly happy sure. to hear the report of the conversation. But I think it's better if you describe it in your own way, and I just. Just paused. I do the freeze frame and say, hey, you see how the jackal of untruth is coming in for your heart at this point? But um, oh. I'm a little confused insofar as you say that, you, or your mother says, everything is relative, right? Now, the statement, yeah. you are naive, is clearly not a relative statement, right?
0: Um, sure, yeah. So, yes.
1: did your mother correct your stepfather when he made an absolutist statement?
0: Oh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Well, uh, but but isn't that
1: a little odd, right? So she says everything is naive. Uh, sorry, everything everything is relative. Yeah. And yet at the same time, when... I mean, I'm guessing you were the only one who was attacked for either making absolute statements or asking questions, but I don't imagine that your mother, the arch-fiend relativist, so to speak, corrected your stepfather uh, even once during the time that he was making his absolute statements.
0: Uh, no, uh, that... And that would never happen. It never has happened. I've never had a time when my stepdad basically goes apeshit. And uh, I mean, he didn't yell this time, surprisingly. Um, but my mom has never stepped in and said, "You know, you're." Or, uh, sorry, if to use names, uh, uh, okay. my stepdad. Kind
1: of, oh, okay. I'll uh, I'll edit that out. Go on.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, she's never uh, stepped in and said, "No, you you know, you're you're kind of being incorrect here." Um, you know, this is, this isn't right. You aren't treating my son in a very respectful mash, fashion. That's never happened ever. I've right. never so, thought of one so time.
1: The values that she holds that everything is relative, right? Why does, why does she say that if she acts in the complete opposite manner?
0: Um, I would say to, to protect herself. I mean, she's a narcissist.
1: We're sure, we're sure, and, and to feed you to the wolves, right? So she's actually telling you the truth. Everything is relative to her desires. Right? That's what narcissists
0: yeah. really are, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I think that uh, definitely describes her. Right, right.
1: Okay, so so uh, you were saying it started with the political um, taxation yeah. and so on, and you were talking about the initiation of the use of force, and then yeah. uh, and, and, and I guarantee you, of course, that when you started this, the whole air uh, in the room sort of got tense right the moment that you start this this process it you don't have to wait to get to the
0: personal right oh yeah, no, it was already getting it was already getting really strict, uh really uh yeah um most definitely um, yeah um i don't know how to, how to exactly describe that sensation i've actually oh, you know really up. honestly never really fully experienced that because. Um, I haven't really felt like, you know, anywhere outside the last two years where I've really had any real tools to really stand up to them. I haven't really had any anything to really go by. Um, and the reason I say it's in the last two years is because really in the last two years is when I feel my real education has started um, because I started to get into critical thinking, skepticism, and stuff like that. Um, and uh, that's I mean, really the last two years, my mind has kind of opened a lot, um, right. which is something I felt I've been kind of robbed of.
1: Well, for sure. So I'm going to just rewind for a second. And we'll, sure. we'll, you said to stand up to them. Yep. Right. So tell me a little bit more about what you mean about that.
0: Um, well, essentially, uh, not, not uh, accepting insults as an argument, not accepting, you know, just my stepdad yelling at me. And, uh, or my mom staying silent or, uh, attacking my dad or attacking me or whoever it might be who's convenient to attack, uh, not accepting that and pointing it out to them. Cause essentially this is a, I mean, really, um, cause like I said, my, me and my parents have lost touch. I mean, this is the first time that I really feel that I could stand with confidence and say, well, you're just calling me naive. That means nothing, you know, uh, right. this is a, so, I mean, that's why I really feel this conversation was kind of weird because it's kind of my first time that I've really, really stand up, stood up to them um, in any real fashion.
1: Right, right, right. And of course, I mean, you don't get into Mike Tyson, uh, so you don't, you don't get into a, um, uh, you don't get into a fight with a gunslinger until you know how to shoot a weapon, right? I mean, <laughs> to take the metaphor, yeah. we all have to be prepared. But when you say stand up to them, that's sort of a personal you against them, Right yeah and and I just wonder if there's not another way that we could phrase that and again this this is not like magic words create reality, but sure. I think that there's another way of looking at it that you you want to be able to carry this strength and these principles to future interactions right because this this yeah. question of dealing with the past is not fundamentally about the past, of course, because the past cannot be altered, but it is yeah. about the future and taking the principles from these these interactions into the future so that you can live. Uh, a happier life, more connected to people and, and have real love in your life rather than this manipulative crap. So when you say that you stand up against them, mm-hmm. that's something that could be, um, you know, like a, a, a mafia kid who shoots his dad could all, you know, I'm finally standing up against yeah. him or acting against him, which is not what you were doing, right?
0: Um, well, no, not, not a, no, I wouldn't say exactly. I'm, I'm not sure how, how else to put it. Um, I, I well, can see or, how there's.
1: You were not just saying to them, "You're wrong,"
0: right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wasn't just trying to bully in. them. Right.
1: Right. Or just sort of yelling back, or you know, this is this is right. You say that the conversation didn't end up as a scream fest, and the reason is, well, the two two reasons are one that you were bringing principles, and the second is that you'd never brought principles in before, as far as I understand it. So you startled them, right? But, um, yeah. But but you really were, I think fair. It's fair to say you were not standing up to them, you were standing up for the truth.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's what I was trying to actually, prior to when the uh, conversation started to get a bit more heated, I was just trying to generally talk about how discussions should be sharing knowledge, like I said, but it's 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 supposed to be the pursuit of truth, and not, you know, just a pissing battle.
1: Right. It's not one-upmanship, because when you know if if you know the cure to an illness and i know the cure to a different illness it's not like we lose out by sharing our knowledge right we both end up with cures which is good yeah all right so what happened uh, in the process that led up to to you becoming uh, more overtly or or openly emotional
0: um well it was after both my par- both my parents started to gang up on me a bit um i remember actually it was um, I'm, I'm going to just
1: pause you for just a second. Uh, sure. You said, started to gang up on me, and then you said, a bit. What happened in, in the space between those two thoughts?
0: Um, what, what do you mean? Uh, what, what happened prior to when they...
1: No, um, just in just in what you were saying just now, you said, my parents started to gang up on me, and then you paused for a moment, and then you said, a bit.
0: Um, uh well, I, I suppose yeah, they did. Get, they did gang up on me. So, uh, and uh, I'm just
1: curious as to why, in that moment, if you can figure it out, you felt the need to to minimize that, right? Because I don't know how you can gang up on someone a little bit. Right? Um, That's like screaming at someone a little bit, right?
0: The only explanation I can give is that uh, perhaps I'm still trying to apologize for my parents.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to sort of make you totally self-conscious. It's just that it's important to understand. That you have that habit, which which is not your habit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, it's their habit. And
0: well, I'm willing to accept that, and I know that that's not the only thing that I've said, and you can already see it in some of my board responses about how I sort of talk. I mean, like, uh, like I know you were asking me, well, what is your why is your primary criticism that uh, your approach was wrong? I mean, you're, I mean, I could see how I'm sort of missing the point.
1: Right. It's, it's the internal dictators that we need to overthrow, right? That's why I keep talking that we'll get rid of the state when we are free as individuals, right? That personal liberty will undo the state. I know that sounds sure. like weird alchemy, but I can certainly see that it works. Um, so these are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are that they ganged up on you and that their thoughts are, hey, hey, you know, just a little bit, maybe, right? So it's the inhabitation of these justifications, self-justifications that your parents have that you need to evict because it's not. It's like an infection. It's not your personality. It's not your experience, right?
0: Sure. Uh, I, I only have control over myself. I don't have control over them. Right.
1: But you do have control over the, the invasion of their thoughts in your mind, right? Their justification. Sure. But anyway, Absolutely. I'm so sorry. So, so go on.
0: Um, sorry, I forgot where we were at. Um They were ganging up on you. Uh, yeah, they were ganging up on me. Um, um Well, uh, th- this is actually there's some pretty volatile things that they were saying uh, that really act- I mean, um uh I consider myself a pretty empathetic person and uh when I hear certain uh certain people say certain things that are really really bad, I mean, uh they get to me emotionally and you know, uh Essentially, like the thing that was that the, one of the things that we were talking about that led to me starting to break down is like we were talking about money uh, and happiness, and uh, literally my stepdad was trying to make the argument that he can buy happiness. Uh, literally out there in the open, like oh I can buy plenty of happiness, which is a direct quote. Um, which is one thing that I'm just like well if that's what you base your relationships on, well, what the hell are, is our relationship based on, you know, and that's was going through my head as soon as he was saying some of those things, right. um, which uh, uh, is pretty obvious from some of our, our past conversations we had with my brother um, as far as the money part. Um, and it kind of led to that. And I remember uh, shortly after uh, my stepdad was getting so angry and basically telling me, you don't have an argument. You have no argument. And uh, and he goes up to the whiteboard and says, "Well, let's write down your argument." And I said, "Well, let's start with a principle." And I said, uh, uh, "The initiation of force against an innocent individual is wrong." Uh, and he basically said, "Oh, this. Well, this is all going to be ba- semantics." Ah. <laughs> um, oh my god! Oh my
1: that's god! Literally, that's literally oh, what he said. No, that's just killer. Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, oh well, I mean, god. in the sense, I was. And then it was. I mean it's always after the discussion when you think, God, if I would have just said, well, what's first What's defined force. He's all like, Oh, what's force, you know, what's that defined as, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm just, uh, I mean, it was, it was a kind of a combination of a few things that just made me think, I mean, I think subconsciously, I'm just like, wow, this is just bad. This is sad and wrong. And, uh, I mean, this is not the first time I've broken down crying in front of my stepdad. And he looks at me blankly, uh, like, no, he doesn't kind of understand. Of like, I'm just a little kid whining.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and listen, yeah. I'm going to be uh, just even more annoying just for a moment and, and suggest that we use the term getting real rather than breaking down, because breaking down has negative connotations. Sure. But that but, is your real experience, is that is it is agonizing to be in the presence of this incredibly destructive nihilist, right? Uh,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I would agree with that. I think that's you, better. You are
1: empathizing with yourself when you are crying, and also you are empathizing with his true self, which is in extraordinary pain, fundamentally, right? I mean, it takes an extraordinary amount of agony, fundamentally. And I'm not saying this so you have sympathy for him, but so you understand sure. your own emotions. It takes an extraordinary amount of pain and humiliation to end up using ideas to humiliate other people and, and believing that you can buy happiness, Right? That, yeah. that, that takes such incredible, there's such an incredibly empty self to say, I, he's not saying, I, and fundamentally, he's not saying, I can buy happiness. He's saying, I must buy escape from pain. I must buy escape from anxiety. I have so little self trust that I and must death. buy through alcohol, through my wife, through my house, through my cars, through my generosity. I must buy respite from anxiety.
0: Yeah, um, and in fact, you know, it, it's, and, and I, I'd agree with all that, um, um, but, you know, also to kind of add on to that, one thing that was even also a little crazy that my stepdad said is after I was talking about violence, um, he's, he's also, he was asking me, oh, what's the source of all this, all this uh, passion against violence? And personally, I was like, what language are you speaking? I mean, how, how can you, uh, how can you say something like that? Um, and essentially, uh, what he said is like: Is there significance? La- is there a lack of significance in your life that you feel you have to confront certain issues like this? Do you feel like you have to take on the world because uh, take on the world of violence because of some significance you lack in your life? That's uh, literally what he said, and I, I uh, my mind turned inside out after hearing that. Right,
1: right. So uh, what he continually tries to do is, and we, I'm sure you're aware of this pattern, but we might as well just drag it up from its hellish depths, right? What he continually sure. tries to do is to por- is to portray thought as dysfunction.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, I'd say that's also an explanation for why all he has is conclusions and he doesn't have thought.
1: Right, which is to say prejudice is not conclusions, right? Yes. Exclusion can't be arrived at without a thought. Only a prejudice can be.
0: Yes. Right. But
1: um, g- given his premises, the reason that he has such instant access to all of this, and this is the amazing thing about these kinds of nihilists, right, is that it's true for him that thought is dysfunction because he's so screwed up that clear thinking condemns him, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's because it's, I'm, you know, when I'm talking about the government, I mean, you you know, subconsciously that I'm talking about him. I'm talking sure. about his uh, bad actions. Um uh, if you want another example uh a, a really really bad example a a not a good example of uh his lack of being able to t- come to terms with uh things that he's done wrong uh for example he he when he was younger when he was my age actually twenty one uh he uh wrote some bad checks and stole a bunch of money from a bunch of from some organizations um and Essentially, what I was saying is that, like, well, uh, the only way you're ever going to be happy about that, which he claims to be happy, you know, I'm okay, and past that, I said, the only way you you can, uh, you must have come to terms with what you did. You must have said, well, you know, stealing is wrong, and I shouldn't do it again. And I said that literally to him. And he said, uh, no, it was just like Walmart and these other places. Who cares about that? I paid back the money because the the court forced me to. And... Wow, it's just amazing, I think. Uh,
1: but it's, I mean, uh, it's also not amazing in a way, right? Uh,
0: yeah, he
1: true. He can't conceivably process at a conscious level. It causes him far too much terror and anxiety for him to process at a conscious level that he can't just make up rules, right? Yeah, because he's all about the angry will, which is what nihilism really is. It's the angry will. Fuck values, right?
0: Yeah. Anybody uh, who
1: believes in values is some dewy-eyed idealist who's who's going to get fucking rolled over by the tank of reality, right?
0: Exactly. And that's why, uh, essentially, when I bring up, you know, when I brought up violence, he's like, that's the way the world is, which is I, not very uncommon, I don't think. But it's
1: that's true for him, happens. right? That's the Absolutely. way he is. Right, a That's the way it comes to terms with narcissists it. Narcissists always use themselves as the planet, as the universe, as reality. And they say, well, I'm violent, therefore, because a narcissist has no distinction between himself and the world. right? So if I'm violent, the world is violent. There can never be any discrepancy between my state and the world. right? I hate idealism, because obviously it makes me feel bad, because it, 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 it shows the ruin of I, who I've become. I hate idealism. Idealism, therefore, idealism is hateful, objectively. Like, it's hateful, it's pathetic, right? I am angry, therefore, the world is angry. Uh, I steal, therefore, stealing is okay, right? Whatever they want to do becomes the good, which means that there is no such thing as good. And the only thing which threatens that kind of personality is saying, okay, so you have a principle called you, but you can't have it both ways. You can't say that you are a principle, because you in terms of just defining things as good for you, that's just bigotry, right? But if you claim that it's a principle, then you have to supply proof, and that's where these people get messed up.
0: Yeah. Um, And and I think, I mean, really, the the nihilists, really, it's their tactic to kind of basically come to terms with what they did, basically in the wrong way, by saying, well, uh, it can't be wrong, because I say it's not wrong. I say it's not wrong, um, so I can feel okay about it. Um, right, and then, but they lie.
1: Right, the, the nihilism by definition is using values to attack values. Right. So if if you say, "Well, I'm against violence," and he says, "Well, I'm violent," yeah, but that's the truth, right? It it, it would sound like a non sequitur, of course, though, right? But if you say you're against violence and he says, "Hey, the world is violence, and anybody who thinks otherwise is a pussy," right? Then then he's using a principle like I have accurately identified the objective fact that the world is violent, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and that's why they use empiricism to destroy empiricism. They use values to destroy values. It's like a doctor using trust to poison a patient. It's really really bad.
0: I, I, I would I would agree. And I I think actually some of those things I I knew subconsciously at least. And uh, I think that's sort of what led to me not not breaking down, but basically saying uh, I, this is hard to take. I can't take this. This there's what, a lot of sorry
1: what couldn't you take
0: um well uh, i i suppose that i couldn't it's hard for me it it would be really hard for me to to basically hear somebody say well it's okay to kill people it's okay to steal you know all these things are good um i i suppose i it's hard for me to take that i mean even though i know it um but um in the sense it's hard for me to, to take that emotionally
1: why is that hard for you to take emotionally um, I mean, you, I mean, you know that there are people like this in the world, right? There's a whole bunch absolutely. of them in acting, right? There's, there's lots of, this, this is not a shock to you. Like they've discovered a 15th planet in your pants, right? I mean, there's, this is not a shock to you that way. So what is it that's hard to take about it?
0: Um, well, trying to figure that out. Um, well,
1: what's the feeling that comes up when someone says to you, you know, you're a dipshit naive uh, guy, you just, you know, you hear, hey, let's hear your goddamn theory, right? And then, oh, that's just semantics, right? When you just get twisted and, and screwed around, frankly, uh, by sure. this, like, what is, what is the feeling that, that arises in you when that is occurring?
0: Oh, the feeling I definitely got was it's, it's, it's basically, it's depression. It's, it's, it's like, how can someone, how can someone say something like this? Despair. Uh, yeah, it is despair. Absolutely. Is
1: despair. Because why, 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 what's the despair? What what is the thought that, that generates the despair?
0: Um, uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure how to put it. To be honest, um, what's what's the thought that um, I'm trying I'm trying to wrap my head around the. the All question. right, but when, when does a surgeon? Sorry, I'm sorry if I'm sounding no no uh, problem. Stupid. This is all, uh, everybody goes through this,
1: as did I, right? Uh, it's just that I did it in the privacy of therapist's office, so it's okay. Uh, we're all not allowed to learn to know this stuff, so that's fine. In fact, if we didn't get to the point where you didn't have an answer, it would sort of be a pointless conversation, right? So this is good. Um, when does a surgeon feel despair? Uh, when his patient dies. Right. See, you know the answer.
0: Um. Yeah, though no, oh, that that makes that that makes a lot more sense actually. Um just because the idea is is that if I'm trying to point out the truth and say this is the cure and then basically I find out that after he says all this stuff, well, he died. You know, he's he's gone. You know, dead inside essentially. I mean, yeah. And it's it's kind of that it's a empath- it's uh it's empathy as well. It's just basically like, wow, I I, I really feel sorry for you
1: okay uh that's uh, that's halfway there, but i'm going to take you the whole way there sure that's one metaphor which is what does a surgeon feel when does a surgeon feel despair? Let's say that a policeman is on the um is on the trail of a serial killer when does the policeman feel the most despair
0: uh when the criminal gets away no no uh, may- uh sorry maybe I didn't catch that.
1: Uh, no, it's uh, that's that's close, obviously. But why would he feel despair if the criminal is going to get away? If the criminal does get away, why would he feel despair? There's something else that the criminal has to do to really make the cop feel despair.
0: Um. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest.
1: Sure, okay. Well, he's on the trail of a cer- serial killer, or a mystery cop, right? Yeah. So what is he really trying to stop the guy from doing?
0: Uh, doing something wrong. Or well, doing... Like what? Or against the law.
1: Well, yeah, but he's not a speeder. He's after a serial killer, right?
0: Yeah. So what
1: is he really desperately afraid that the guy's going to do again? Kill somebody else. Right. So when does the cop feel the most despair, assuming that he hasn't caught the guy? When he's killed somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. See, this is the two sides of despair. And you got the first side, and you had trouble with the second side, and I knew that you had trouble with the second side... Because you said you felt sorry for him. Sure. The problem with your stepdad is not that he's dead, but that he's a killer.
0: Yeah, uh, in an emotional sense, definitely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not talking about a murderer, but like a physical oh, murderer. But I'm talking about emotional
0: experience, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: That he was attempting to murder your optimism. And I know this sounds very strong. But it's not. Nihilism is cancerous. Nihilism is poisonous. It is incredibly dangerous to be around.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, I, I think that uh, does definitely sum up what, ha- what happened.
1: It would have been much more honest if he had said to your mom, hold him down while I slowly punch him in the gut over and over for two fucking hours. Yeah. This was uh, well, a massive assault upon your very personality and things which you value, which are good and true.
0: Yeah, um, and I'd say basically, I mean, and if, if to bring it to my mom, my mom essentially is uh, laying back and letting him do these things to me.
1: No, and it's, it's, she invited him into your life. She's not laying back. This is not like she just didn't wake up when the cougar started attacking you. Yeah. She brought the cougar into the house. This is the man she chose, right? Yes. She's not lying back. She's not passive. She's the guy who invited... Sorry, she's the one who invited this guy into your life and left you alone with him.
0: Yes. Uh, I I suppose that's, that's tougher to swallow than uh, my explanation. Which is... Um, essentially, that he's let that she's just letting this happen. Um, oh no, she's making of it, inviting it to happen.
1: Yeah, she's she's making it happen, right? If if I see somebody who is three feet tall beating up a child, and I do nothing to stop it, that's pretty bad, right? It's not like I'm in any danger, right? I mean, I can handle somebody who's three feet tall, maybe not three and a half feet, but three feet for sure, sure. I work out. But your father, sorry, you, you, your stepfather was invited. Into your life, right? Uh, And we won't go over this too much. Listen to the podcast 862 from yesterday. I go over this in a little more detail. But um, no, no, your your mother is the prime cause of this guy being in your life. Your mother is the one who brought him into your house, who gave him custody over you, who gave him power and control over you at the age of six. He would not be in your life if it wasn't for your mother. She is the sole, primary, only cause of him being in your life.
0: Uh, yes, and that's uh, completely true. Uh, I, and, I, and I know that, I mean, it seems obvious and everything like that, but I suppose, like I said, maybe I'm apologizing for my parents. It's just, uh, I, I guess I've been trained to kind of look look at it in this other way. Well, you've been trained to look at it their way. Yeah.
1: Which is, you're a bad kid, and if you're not a bad kid and you break through that, then we're helpless. And if we're not helpless, then you're a bad kid again. Yeah. If we do bad things, it's because you're a bad kid. And then if you say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not a bad kid, then they say, oh, we're helpless, Uh, everything's relative, it doesn't matter, you're naive.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess uh, uh, what I'm trying to, I guess, uh, um, you know, I mean, I I think it's pretty well established that, I mean, uh, there's big problems with my relationship with my parents. I I suppose um, uh, the part I'm kind of struggling with is like, well, how do I proceed forward? I mean, because personally, right after the conversation, I mean, I couldn't sleep that night and I had to, I really felt a strong urge to bang out a post at least on the, on the Gold Plus forums, uh, to at least you know get someone's opinion on what happened. Um, but essentially, what I'm trying to figure out is like, um, what should I do in the future? I mean, what? Because um, part of me wants to say like, um, I don't think I want to come out and stay with you guys until we work on a relationship. And maybe that's the right uh, thing to do. I'm not I'm not sure.
1: Does okay, so sense? so um, tell me a little bit about uh, um, you feel that you can work on this relationship.
0: Um, well, I'm not totally sure if I can work on this relationship, to be honest. Uh, well, you are part-
1: sure, right? Because if we're not sure about our families, we're never sure of anything, because you've known these people for 20-plus years, right? Yeah. Right, so if you don't know the nature of your relationship, and I'm not talking consciously, mm-hmm. I'm talking deep down. If you don't know the nature of your relationship with your parents... That's like saying, well, I've been married for 20 years to this woman, but I don't know if I like her or not. Sure. So um, give the pluses. Give me why it would be conceivable to even want to work on the relationship, right? Let alone go to see them.
0: All right. Um, well, I've, I've thought about this a little bit, at least. Um, uh, the pluses, some of them are are uh, are bad, I would say, in some ways. At least, um, I mean, uh, the pluses are I get to go out to San Francisco, which is really nice, and this nice apartment, and stay with them, and do a lot of stuff that I normally can't do um, so at So, you need to call up your stepdad so, and
1: apologize, right? What's that? You need to call your stepdad, stepdad up, and apologize.
0: Then, right? Um. Uh, uh, for for what exactly you mean?
1: Well, when he said that money can't buy happiness you felt that was incorrect, right? Yes. But your argument, as far as I understand it, is that they'll put you up in San Francisco, is that right?
0: Uh, no, and I'm not trying to make this, I'm, that's why I said this is probably a bad, this is kind of a bad reason and something that I need to get but out of my mind as well. Degree,
1: right? They would pay for it to some degree? Uh, yes. And that would make you happy? Uh, no. No, it would, because you said it was a plus. And I'm not trying to corner you or be a jerk. Like, I'm just genuinely sure. trying to, to understand, right? Because you sounded very passionate, and I, I, of course, agree with you that, I mean, a certain amount of money is required, right? But,
0: well, sure. Uh, well, well, I mean, the only reason I brought that up is because I have thought about this in the sense that I'm like, am I going to San Francisco because I like my parents, or am I going there because I like to, I like to hang out on their patio, and uh, I like to go around San Francisco, and I like. Maybe it's because I like San Francisco, and and maybe it's you know, and, and they give me a way to do that, essentially. Okay, you know, they pay, and, for that, it. and that's and that might be bad and wrong, and sorry, they know. pay for it, right? It's not, yes, they pay for it for the most
1: part. Well, sure, but it, they make it financially possible, right? Yes. Okay, got it. So all you have to do is apologize, and say, you know what, I am naive. Uh, I am an idealist, and I'm tongue-in-cheek here, but that would be the price. If you want to live with integrity, according to your values, right? Nobody says you sure. have to, right? You can just throw all this aside and do whatever you want, right? But yeah. if you go and you say, you know what, it would make me really happy. I love San Francisco. and I understand it. I love San Francisco, too. But if you say, well, you know, I love going to San Francisco, that would be excellent. Um, so, obviously, money can buy happiness. So, I'm just going to call up my stepdad and apologized to him for insinuating that it didn't.
0: Um. I, yeah. I, 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 are, are you uh, are you saying that's what I should do, or
1: well, if you want to live with integrity, if you if you if you said to your stepdad or implied or had a look on your face that implied that it was bad to say, and you said it was the worst thing that he said, right? That money. Well, one of them, in that moment, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? You, I mean, to, to live with integrity, you then have to apologize and say I was wrong, right? Yeah. Now, if that, and that's one of that's only one point that's point one percent of the price that you would pay for going to San Francisco and having your parents pay. The other would be lack of self respect. It would end up being depressing. You'd end up fighting every day. You'd get really angry. You'd you'd hate yourself for what you did. It would affect your relationships. There's a whole bunch of stuff, right, that would happen, right?
0: Sure. And I'll admit that I am being hypocritical in that sense.
1: And that's fine. As soon as you say I'm being hypocritical, hey, you're not being hypocritical, right? Right. But but it's just because you see the pluses, but you don't see the minuses as clearly. You did see the minuses when your stepdad said it. Sure. Money your happiness, right? Yep. Yeah. But then when it comes to what you want and of course I genuinely and truly don't believe that you want to go? I genuinely and truly believe that they want you to go
0: uh, out there. You mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's also uh, part of the reason I go out is, and like many people see their parents, is that you there's an there's an an unsaid obligation, an unwritten obligation.
1: Well, sure, and you can listen to the to last night's podcast about that. But okay, so let's just say for the moment that the the being bribed to go to san francisco uh is is not uh on the table at the moment as a net positive we can certainly revisit it or you can on your own time but let's just say for the moment that's not a net positive so what else is up on the table as far as why you'd want to do it
0: um well i'm trying to think i mean uh well uh, there's certain things i like about hanging around my parents in, in certain ways uh i mean uh In the sense that, uh, i got to admit, this is somewhat hard. Um, uh, I guess maybe I've been so invested in the negatives that I haven't thought enough about the positives.
1: Well, you have thought about the positives, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't even be thinking of doing it, right?
0: Uh, Sure. Um, If somebody um,
1: says to me, put your hand in a blender, I'd say,
0: no thanks. Right? You
1: know, because I'm not tempted to it. If I'm sitting there going, "Hmm, I wonder if I should put my hand in the blender or not," then part of me must think that there's a benefit, right?
0: Yeah, Um, and I would say that uh, uh, the benefits. I I guess is sort of like when you see your parents. It's kind of like um, a visit to the past, sort of like how you doing, you know, what you've been up to, that kind of thing. Kind of, but it's not.
1: I mean, sorry to interrupt, it's not a visit sure. to the past, because you're not allowed to talk about the past in, in, in a real way,
0: right? Yes. So it's uh, like, you say, like
1: you go to this museum where the doors are all locked and look at all the old things, but you can't, because the doors are all locked.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, I'm invested in the idea of going to the museum, um, instead of going inside.
1: <laughs> right, like it's it's a, it's a a your parents' museum, where all your unhappy faces have been carved out of the pictures and replaced with Howdy Doody pictures, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I, would, I would love to, to give you more, more positives, but um, uh, I, I'd say I do have some fun with them. I'm not sure if that's necessarily because of the material side, but maybe because uh, uh, I've, I've uh, sort of subverted what I really thought truthfully in order to have fun. You know,
1: I, no, I mean, I, I can certainly believe that. I mean, my brother and I had fun together, and we'd go sort of skiing and stuff. I mean, it's, as long as you stay away from anything that's real and true, you can have fun yeah. with bad people, right?
0: Ab- yeah, exactly. You can and, with
1: mafia guys, and I'm sure they're very funny, right?
0: Sure. And, uh, and I really, actually, even after that conversation, I can see that that's a, kind of what my parents' strategy is, is sort of just just say, well, forget about all that, you know, think about you're having fun, and all these positives and, you know, nothing, you know, nothing should bring you down, you know, and if you are down, then you're a bad kid, you know, you're ungrateful.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah. So there's, there's fun with threat, right? Yes. Right. Smile or you're going to get it.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I and I would say that's, that's accurate because if I were to say that, um, uh, you know, if I were to confront them and say, Uh, that I am unhappy, I mean, like I tried to do the other night uh, with limited success, Um, I don't think it would be a necessarily very positive interaction.
1: Now, you know Uh, I'm going to freeze frame on the word limited there, right? uh, Sure. Okay, so you had limited success in your conversation, as you've described it to me, and on the board, so what were the successful aspects of that conversation?
0: Um, Learning about myself. That's the only. That's the. That's the big positive, because um, I I needed to have a conversation like this, um, and I think that's what I what I thought inside, is that I I needed this, um, I needed to know so the truth. They were right. Yeah, I I needed to know the truth. And what is the truth? That uh, they're uh, narcissistic bullies. All right. Uh, that's and. Uh, well, I mean that's part of it. I mean, is is that, and also that uh, their idea of morality is kind of, uh, not maybe not kind of, but but uh, uh, pretty incorrect and pretty heinous and wrong.
1: Okay, so they're narcissistic bullies. They're corrupt. They were violent to you uh, when you were younger. They're emotionally destructive to you in the present. Is that uh, when you're real? I don't mean when you sort of smile and and do the family thing, but when you're real and talk about what's actually important to you. Then it's very, very—it's incredibly destructive, as you say. You—you you were crying, you couldn't sleep, or it's incredibly destructive, right? So when you're real to them, when you attempt intimacy with your parents, it's incredibly yeah. destructive, right? Yes. It's agonizing. I mean, it's absolutely agonizing to go through that kind of stuff.
0: Uh, absolutely, and that—and that's—I uh, think that's a big reason why I—I uh, I did start to cry.
1: So what relationship are you thinking of working on? I mean, I'm not... Like, if you say they're narcissistic bullies, then what, you can't have a relationship with a narcissist.
0: And I think that's what I'm coming to terms with, is uh, that I am being hypocritical, and maybe uh, that the relationship was never there in the first place because we can't talk about anything real.
1: No, I mean, to me it sounds as, as incongruous, inc- incongruous, and it, I understand why you're saying it, but it sounds as incongruous as if you're saying... Well, my dad is totally penniless, but I'm hanging around for the inheritance.
0: Um, can, can you explain that a little bit more?
1: Well, if you're hanging around your dad because you think you're going to inherit any money, when yeah. there is no money, then your pro- reasons for proximity is entirely illusory, right? Yes. And if you're hanging around your parents because you want to have a relationship with them, but they don't have the capacity to have a relationship, then your reasons for hanging around are equally illusory. Uh,
0: yes, I'd agree.
1: So it's not particularly correct to say, I'm thinking of working on my relationship with them, or working on our relationship, or whatever.
0: Um, I can see that. Um I guess the I guess the concern is is that uh, essentially um, I, I I wouldn't know how to break that to my parents. Um, no, 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 that and, that
1: doesn't matter. That doesn't matter, and I, I don't mean to minimize your concern about that. But oh, sure. That doesn't matter, right? What you want to say is, do I go east or west? Not how do I get there. All right. Um, right. If if you say I don't want to jump into the ocean. I want to go east into town, because I'm on a cliff edge, right? I don't want to jump into the ocean. I want to go east yep. into town, right? Well, but then you don't say, well, how far is it to town? And this? Because the option is definitely not there to jump in the ocean, right? Because you're going to die or whatever, right? Break your yeah. neck. So if you say, there is no relationship with my parents. I'm not saying you should. This is just a conversation. You can mull it over, do what you like. But sure. if your assessment is correct, and I think there's pretty damn good reason. You can talk this over with your therapist, right? But if your assessment of your parents is correct, then there is no possibility of a relationship. There's nothing to work on. You're like a surgeon who goes, uh, digs up a patient four days dead and says, I'm going to try something else.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess the only thing I'm trying to figure out, I mean, like, I, I know you say, well, no, go east into town. I guess I'm trying to figure out um, uh, how that's going to apply to what I figure out, what, what I actually do.
1: Well, the first thing to do is to take the freedom that you never, ever have to have a night like that again. You never, ever, ever, ever have to have a night like that again. There is no obligation. There is no rule. There is no contract that says that in this lifetime or in the 10 next lifetimes if the buddhists are right you have to have a night like that ever ever again now isn't yeah. that just a little bit of a relief
0: um yeah and i i and i think that part of it uh, you know and uh, i've also thought about you know because every single time after you have a conversation like this you're thinking in your mind you know oh i could have said this i should have said that um and part of me really uh wants to um tell uh my stepdad and my mom that you know the option is on the table that you know i don't come back to San Francisco to see them. you know that option's also there, which I think that they're also not really aware of that, so wait,
1: wait, wait, so you're saying that if you threaten it's like saying if if I threaten to break up with my girlfriend, she'll fall in love with me
0: uh, and well i I can see how it can be interpreted that way um. That no will help you sure out. If,
1: if I'm interpreting it incorrectly, you're saying that if you threaten these people who abuse you, that you're going to leave them, that this is going to improve the relationship.
0: Um. Well, uh, I can I can see the the problem in that.
1: Well, sure. Um, you But w- so, what's the problem with that? With that approach?
0: Um.
1: How well do threats work with you?
0: Not well. Right. Um.
1: How how well do you think they're going to work with your parents?
0: Uh, uh, equally as well. Well, yeah, Which is not well. Worse, worse, because worse. they
1: can't handle humiliation. You, you have a stronger capacity because you're a stronger human being. You've worked at it, right? You have the capacity to handle rejection. Your parents don't have the capacity to handle rejection. So it's going. To, I guarantee you it's going to be the ugliest freaking scene in your entire life, and you will spend the rest of your life carrying that memory around, and it will scar you.
0: Yeah. Um yeah if i I can yeah that and then I can see that's definitely the wrong approach, and maybe I thought that up in my head because of you know anger they
1: want you to engage with them, they want you to fight with them, they want you in their life for their own narcissistic needs, no matter what they'll do it any which way they conceivably can to get you to keep engaging with them, even if that means. Three hundred and sixty-five nights of fighting a year, and three hundred and sixty-six on leap years.
0: Um, I can I can see that. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, because they want me to play their game. Um, they want me to they want me to have pissing battles instead of real conversations.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, right. So, so I can see what's in it for them, right? If you go to San Francisco, if you hang around, if you stick, around, I can see what's in it for them. I can't for the life of me see what's in it for you except for one thing.
0: Um b- besides what I said. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I can I can I can see that. Uh, I guess I'm am it's uh, the only I'm just trying to swallow the pill, I guess.
1: Well, what um, is the one thing that that um that is in it for you if you uh continue to hang out with them that's not about money? And it's not about being right, and it's not about fixing the relationship, and it's not even fundamentally about them. What is the one thing that you gain from going back?
0: Well, um, uh, well, first, the only reason I'd go back is to go see my brother. But um, uh, as You're far welcome. as seeing them, I guess, I guess, you know, to be honest with you, um, I guess I sort of have this idea that if I say the right things, if I do the right thing, you know, if I if I just formulated my argument right, if I just approached them in the right way, that you know. Maybe that there could be a relationship or that could – there could – something could come out of it, you know.
1: Well, I mean – Maybe I, that's you, illusory. You're, you're completely wrong, but there's no point in me telling you that, right? I mean, if you believe that, then you need to figure that out. Sure. For yourself and, 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 I
0: was, and I was trying to say it and kind of in the context of that, basically like, well, I guess that's kind of the – kind of what I've been thinking is that, you know, if I, if I say the right things, then – Everything will work out.
1: Right. Look, that is a terrible premise to have, uh, right? Not just for your parents, right? But for your future relationships, right? Sure. If you have an abusive girlfriend and you think that there's something you can do to make her non-abusive, you're going to get stuck with nothing but abusive girlfriends.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it it just continues the cycle instead of breaking it.
1: Right, right. So the, the price that you're going to pay for believing that you can reform people... You don't have relationships with people when you're an adult. I mean, you don't have relationships with people when you were kids because they're not voluntary in that sense. I mean, unless you're born into one of these mythical great families. But you don't have relationships with people as an adult on the premise that they will change fundamentally. Yeah. Um. You don't choose someone and then say, I'm going to make her into the complete opposite, right? That's cruel, right? And, And futile. And creates nothing but resentment on both sides, right?
0: And it's it's beating my head against the wall. Um, well,
1: sure. And and my concern is that you're going to get addicted to beating your head against the wall because it's easier than facing the alternative. And how horrible though it is, what happened the other night, there's an alternative that's even harder, which is the gateway to getting getting out of this mess.
0: Yeah, I, I guess uh, I wouldn't. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure how how I would, I would approach that. Um,
1: well. I'm going to just, because we've been talking for a while and I don't want to, sure. you know, exhaust us both, but I'll, I'll be blunt. And again, listen to last night's conversation. It's very similar. I mean, yep. not the whole thing, but, but this particular part I'm going to tell you now. The reason that you want to go and see your parents is because you will feel anxiety and fear if
0: you don't. Yes. No question. Now,
1: you don't like it when they use you to manage their own emotions, right? When they bully you because they're feeling afraid. Yes. So you don't like it when other people use you to manipulate their own emotional states to avoid anxiety, to whatever, feel strong or whatever.
0: Uh, yes. Right.
1: So it is equally unjust for you to go and see your parents in order to manage your own anxiety about not seeing your parents.
0: Sure. And uh, I, I would say that's not exactly the uh, it's a little self, a bit, a lot, uh, very self-destructive. Sorry, they use the...
1: Well, and, f- and, and it is destructive to your parents, not that I'm saying you would do it to help them, but uh, it's mm-hmm. called enabling, right? When you, when you respond to other people's manipulations of you, it's the ultimate passive-aggressive vengeance because you, you swell their desire to manipulate, which is totally destroys them. right? If your parents have a hope, if they have a hope of being better people, the only hope is if that you don't accept anything but the best behavior from them.
0: And uh, what would that mean exactly, you think? It means if you
1: don't see them, you do your therapy, you don't see them. And then maybe if they decide to go to therapy in a couple of years, they'll call you up. And they'll say, we were such titanic jerks, we can't even explain it to you. Uh, We want to pay you back for all your therapy. We want to give you five new cars and we want to buy you Maui. Or whatever it is. I mean, I know the money thing. Whatever, right? But they yeah. will call you up and they will be changed people, and you will get it right away, and you still may choose not to have a relationship with them. In fact, that would be quite likely. But that phone call exists only in Middle Earth, because it does not exist on that planet, on, on this planet. Right? But but you do not enable people. I mean, this is my order, right? Whatever it means, right? But but it's not healthy, and it's not wise, and it's not morally right? To manipulate other people for the sake of your own anxiety. To go and see your parents because you'll feel anxious if you don't. Sure. Because what that means is that you're saying anybody who can make me feel bad gets my allegiance. Anybody who yeah. can make me feel bad controls me. And that makes more people in your life bad and makes good people not be in your life.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose... Um... Uh, the next uh, thing that would be would be basically like I think this would be the same thing you faced or like anybody would face was be like uh, the backlash from that essentially. Um, yeah,
1: you, you um, I mean, it's up to you, of course, right? You minimal all this over. But my oh, suggestion absolutely. would be my suggestion would be uh, don't think about it in defooing. I right? just think about it like you're taking a break and just send them a letter and say you know you guys have given me a lot to think about. Uh, I'm going to work on my issues. I'm going to take a break from this interaction. Uh, and I will get back in touch with you uh, when I when I feel that I'm ready. Fair enough. And then there's going to be an elastic band, right? Like it stretches and it stretches, right? And that part right before it breaks, we want to run back, right? But just see. See how you, how you feel, right? See how you feel not seeing them. I think you'll be surprised.
0: Um, all right. Um, I can... Um, yeah, I still need to... Uh contact my health insurance company to get the uh, uh, therapy, uh, but I will be doing that at least once a week.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if, if, if that's reliant on your relationship with your parents, you can bleed that out. But, I mean, I'm not saying, it, it, it just just we have to be free to not be in relationships in order to really be in relationships, right? So all I'm saying, all I ever say to people is, don't assume that you have to have these people in your life. That way, if you're there, it's there by choice. It's got value. Otherwise, it's just slavery, and that's not got value for anyone.
0: Can I I ask a side question? Why, surely. Um, um, About the therapy. Uh, um, You know, if I bring up this as uh, as a problem to a therapist, and I say, well, I'm not really seeing my parents right now, um, you know, for personal reasons, um, I just know that there's, I mean, of course, because uh, uh, our lines of th- thinking are a little bit in the minority um, how do, how, do I, how can I find a, a therapist that will uh, facilitate that essentially in the sense that you know they 're supportive of getting bad relationships out of my life or um,
1: well i mean if if you sense disapproval or tension you trust your gut right you sit down with this therapist and you tell them what 's going on you say i 'm contemplating not seeing my parents for a while because it's you know blah blah blah. And if they facilitate that, and they say, "Well, that's interesting. Tell me more, uh, you know, and that kind of stuff," then that's great, right? But if they're like, "Oh, well, that's," I don't consider that to be a viable solution to any personal problems, right? Then it's like, okay, ka ching, thank you. Here's your check. Bye bye, right? Already. Right. So you don't you don't want to then because because if the therapist has not come to a reasonable accommodation with her own family, positive or negative, right? Then all that's happening is that. Instead of your parents invoking anxiety for you for not going there, you'll be in, invoking anxiety in your therapist who will then try and control your behavior unconsciously to reduce her or his own anxiety. You don't want to be stuck in that situation. You don't want to pay for that, right? <laughs> yeah. like, well, I suppose that's, that's part,
0: of the, part of my fear is essentially, is essentially that, is that I'm going to get somebody that's just going to reinforce what my parents say.
1: But that's your gut, right? Your, your gut is operating beautifully right? Your gut is operating beautifully and we know that because you burst into tears and couldn't sleep. So your instincts are operating perfectly. You just have to trust them. Yep. Right? The part of you that said that burst into tears and didn't sleep was the part of you that said never put me back in that fucking situation again. Never, ever, 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 ever.
0: That's uh, yourself. Yeah.
1: Right? The part of the I try and run, right? That sort of thing. right. That's, that says never put me back in here again. Trust that instinct. And you'll be great. Same thing with the therapist. And, of course, you have been trained not to trust your instincts because you had a corrupt family and blah, blah, yeah. blah. We know all we'll this, subvert right? subvert
0: the truth that leads to happiness.
1: Right. You, right. You're used to being there in the service of others, right? To, to ma- you're there as a tool that other people use to manage their own anxieties, right? That's what you're there for. You're just a slave and blah, 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 right? But your instincts have emerged unscathed, which is fantastic, and you should be incredibly proud of that, in my opinion.
0: Uh, Well, I'm grateful for it.
1: Yeah, for sure. But they're there to help, right? Uh, We're an an ecosystem of self-help, right? Our instincts will help us, right? We just have to not bury them under sentimentality.
0: And uh, I look at the evidence as opposed to what what I want to be true or Or the sentimentality.
1: Or what other people want you to think. You just look at the facts, right? How do I and one of the most important facts in the evaluation of prime of relationships at the beginning is how does this person make me feel?
0: Yeah. Uh, and that was one thing I brought up with my stepdad. And I was trying to make the point that true feelings are, you know, are more, much more important than I c- tried to say, well, a therapist would kind of ask you, well, how you feel? How do you feel, you know, at that time? Because that tells you a lot. And my stepdad didn't exactly agree with that looking at the way you truly feel is what's going to point you in the right direction.
1: Right, 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 for sure, for sure. Your, your gut will tell you what, you know, we have this incredible processor that we, we don't use nearly enough because it's inconvenient for those who want to control us.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, um, I think that uh, definitely gives me a lot to think about. Well,
1: listen. Uh, keep me posted, of course, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 uh, edit that little bit out. I'll compile this and send it to you. Have a listen. I think that it would be a useful twin to actually last night's convo. But uh, sure. just just let me know if there's anything that you want me to edit. I'll take out that uh, name that we had at uh, 23 minutes. And uh, thanks so much. I mean, you did you did fantastically, and I really do appreciate uh, everything that you're doing. It. It makes, me, uh, it makes me happy, if that's <laughs> of any help to you.
0: Well, if um, I figure, I mean, if I can put things out there and be honest about things um, and I can have some courage, then, you know, there's a lot of people on the board that I'm sure are just kind of hanging out in the shadows and they're just kind of waiting for someone, uh, maybe someone like them, to kind of kind of take the step forward and say, well, if he can do it, then, you know, maybe I can.
1: Absolutely. We are, uh, we are an ever-spreading set of dominoes. falling towards truth in that way.
0: All righty. Well, All right. Take care, man. Thank I'll you, you so much for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Sure. Uh, and right. I won't talk to you after you speak. talk to the, staff therapy because you'll be dealing with your therapist. and So that's why, right?
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: Okay. Talk to you soon, man. Bye.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye.